0: There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
2: I'm like, where are the other dykes? Why are they
3: only visible in the mornings, walking their dogs? Why? We, we even, even <laughs> went down Commercial Street in Kristen Becker's Jeep Wrangler, <laughs> standing out of the top of it with a her megaphone. With a megaphone, Saying, dykes. Come out of your homes, Dykes! Get to the Dyke Dock! We wanna see you! Where are you, Dykes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm diking out, you're
0: diking out. Let's dike out together, see what it's all
3: about.
2: Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that wants to free Britney Griner. Let's go! I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with documentarian Mitra Kaboli. Mitra, it's so great to see you. We both met you in P Town last year, which we'll be talking about very soon, but that's so good right. to see you. Yeah. How have you been?
4: Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about P-Town since we met in P-Town last summer. Um, yeah. So I feel like this is coming full circle.
2: Right. And it felt like you were kind of the mayor of P-Town.
3: Uh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> How long had you been there by that point?
4: When did you guys come? That was uh, August. Was that
2: early August? I, had, I think that was in August, yeah. I had been there for about two months. Okay. Yeah. And it just seemed like we were running into you everywhere. Well, it's a small town, so... Yeah, that's true. That's true, but...
4: <laughs> not
2: entirely surprising. It's a small town, and then it's, like, mostly gay guys, so when you see somebody who's not, you're like,
4: over there! We right, like, one. you can, you know, like, uh, you can clock any anyone who's, like, not, like, a gay man pretty easily, Right, and they stand out. We stand right. out.
2: <laughs> Love it. Well, we assume that between now and then, you've been doing some gay things we hope
4: oh yeah definitely (laughs) I mean that was like the kickoff of like my gay summer into like gay fall and winter which is mostly just like crying a lot and then um, (laughs) now I'm I'm ready to you know put my bike shorts on and my overalls and you know whatever (laughs) that's the fit yeah what
3: is the gayest thing you did this week though
4: this week, uh, well, it was Brooklyn Pride this weekend that I kind of like totally missed in some ways, like it just wasn't on my radar, I like barely knew it was happening, but I did cry in a restaurant and <laughs> my friend told me that it's not pride if you don't cry. Beautiful. Were you crying about something gay
3: or? Yes.
4: Yeah,
2: okay, Yeah. yeah
3: yeah. That's so funny. I skipped the Good Judy block party this year, but last year I was consoling three different lesbian friends crying <laughs> about gay <laughs> things and run ins there. So I avoided it altogether this time. Didn't Smart. go to.
2: <laughs> yeah, we missed it because my wife had an allergic reaction to dog hair. So that. <laughs> <laughs> that feels not gay. Uh, I feel like we should be able to just like mainline dog hair as queer women. But unfortunately, she was allergic and we had to head back upstate. But Melody, what's the gayest thing you did this week?
3: Well, I didn't go to the Good Judy block party because I wanted to save my energy to be able to go to the Yala party, which is a queer Middle Eastern North African BIPOC feminist women centered party. It's just dancing all night to Middle Eastern music. It's beautiful with a bunch of queers. It starts at like midnight. So When is that? That's um monthly. Their Instagram is Yalla Party Project, I believe. And all my friends bailed on me to go because they all went to Brooklyn Pride and they did exactly what I avoided. I really was so focused cuz I hadn't been to Yella since right after the Dyke March in 2019 is the last time I went and I was dying to get back post lockdown and I was good. I stayed in. I rested because I was dancing until 4 a.m. and I knew I would be. So <laughs> I was really pissed off that my friends all bailed and I thought I wouldn't go anymore. I had a show, Glow Butler's show, Friend of the Pod. Yes. A friend was giving me a ride home And she was like, so uh, are you going to Yala or are you going home? I was like, just take me home. Like, no one I know is going anymore. I was really upset. (laughs) And she gave me this pep talk and was like, just go for 15 minutes. Like, you really want to be there. Just go feel it out and then leave if you're not having fun by yourself for 15 minutes. I got in line and immediately met. This lesbian Arab girl, Yara, we're now best friends. Like, we clicked immediately. She knew everyone there, the organizers. Like, we met in line and we're dancing together for four hours into the morning. I'm obsessed. I love that. It was beautiful. Ugh, I'm so glad I went. I was was really just not gonna go, but I think I'm gonna start maybe going to things alone now. Very inspiring. That
4: sounds really fun. I love to go to something alone sometimes because you do always meet somebody or like, I mean, I'm pretty good at being like, hi, I came to this thing alone. Can I hang out with you and your friends?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the move. Um, Because then I met her friends. And look at that. little queer Middle Eastern network now. You know, I really think that is the
2: answer because, you know, an event that I promised to not talk about for at least a bunch of episodes, but I won't say its name. Great. I went alone at first, the first time I went there, and I made so many friends, and then this time I went, and I went with my wife, and we were mostly hanging out with the friends that were made last year instead of making brand new friends. friends. So, yeah, that's a queer friendship pack. Well, Well, Carolyn, what's the gayest thing you did this week, then? It was so 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 gay on the date of what would have been judy garland's 100th birthday i went to go see rufus wainwright perform at city winery and he was just singing judy garland songs and he did a show at carnegie hall where he did all judy garland back in like 2006 and then this is something he's kind of like reviving. And he had different performers with him. He was there all week, different performers. uh, And the night that I went, he was on stage with Molly Ringwald, which was kind of cool. And a root, I know, for a A lot of queer women. (laughs) My wife was definitely still crushing on her on stage. She's like, it's not just me, right? She's hot. She's hot. Like, she's still hot, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. But Rufus was fabulous. He was wearing ruby slippers. It was a really fun, just beautiful show. And then I saw afterwards that he had been at Stonewall just a couple of days before, along with Judy Garland's one daughter, who's not Liza Minnelli. Uh, I forget her name, but uh, uh. she was there. And they were dedicating a portrait of Judy Garland that's going to be hanging in Stonewall. Wow. I don't know like how well it's known or if we've ever talked about it, but that Judy garland's death kind of factored into the stonewall riots because she died i think the week that the riots happened and it kind of like lent to like the energy of like everybody being fed up and like everybody was really sad about judy garland and then when the police were like you know, raiding and and abusing people and and all that stuff. They just were like,
4: that's it. Not this week. Not not after the week we've been having. (laughs) I love the revisionist history of Stonewall actually being a Judy Garland riot. (laughs) It
2: is. You know,
4: (laughs) this is all based on me seeing
2: a play about the Stonewall riots years ago called Hit the Wall or Against the Wall or something like that. I don't know. It was great, but it starts with Judy Garland's uh, funeral. (laughs) So. Wow. I don't know. I believe it. I buy into it.
4: That That is a really gay thing you did then, I see. Yeah. Capital G
2: gay. Capital
3: G gay. Yeah. yeah. like yeah, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. mine was queer.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. This is a,
3: a hard G. Yeah. Mitra's was very sapphic. We talked about crying. Yeah. <laughs> We're covering the spectrum.
2: We are covering yeah. the spectrum. Yes, I did feel like a gay man that night just fangirling over Rufus and Molly Ringwald singing that famous Judy Garland, Barbara Streisand duet of Happy Days. And yeah, so good. <laughs> Ugh. There are moments I used to, I used to be so much more of just like into gay man <laughs> culture. Yeah, like so much more. And then some t- occasionally I, I let that part of me out.
4: I mean, you must have loved P-Town then. No, because <laughs> I was
3: like, uh, <laughs> let's get into you know, it.
4: Now I'm a hard D
2: dike and I'm like, where are the other dykes? Why are they only visible in the mornings walking
3: their dogs? Why We literally only saw them then and we even went down commercial street in Kristen Becker's Jeep Wrangler (laughs) standing out of the top of it with a her megaphone. With a megaphone. Dykes! Come (laughs) out of your homes, dykes! Get to the dike Dock. We want to see you. Where are you, Dykes? <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right.
2: Before there was uh, Shiva and Cuppy from Tampa Bay's with a uh, megaphone,
3: there was Allie hanging outside the Jeep trying to wrangle the Dykes. My girlfriend, Allie, on the megaphone. We, c- we couldn't find them. Where are they? Yeah.
4: That's a really good question. And... You know, something I was uh, trying to, a, a tiny mystery I was trying to solve, and I truly don't know the answer. Like, I think actually the town demographics of P-Town, like the year-round residents, it does skew more women, but they are older. Mm-hmm. Um, like right. Yeah, like, you know, the dykes that you see walking their dogs, like, in the morning and in the evening. And then... Rachel Maddow and friends. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I went back in December to do some follow-up interviews, and I was like, oh, here are all these women. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it kind of, it felt like a lot of dykes were, like, hiding out, kind of, like, just like, oh, I don't want to be around all these gay men. <laughs> like, this, that's uh, too much. Uh. But that's, like, one thing. But I do think there is kind of a lack of, you know, our generation, age group situation. Right. Like, You know, I was just like out and about a lot because I like to do that. I love nightlife and almost always there just were not very many women anywhere I went, which like sucked. It's not even that I'm like trying to get it on. It was just like, I would like to just uh, meet some people but it's nice to have the option (laughs) it's nice to have the option and I would just like to like meet some people who are also interested in meeting me because when you're like partying with a bunch of gay men like they're just kind of one track mind a little bit
3: Mm -hmm. they're like
4: who am I going to take home tonight you know like so it's kind of hard to have an engaging conversation with a man when he's like trying to cruise like over the top of your head
3: yeah Um. right (laughs) on ketamine (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah friend group at least well, let's establish why you were in Provincetown last summer.
4: <laughs> yeah. So last summer, I got this like kind of amazing, unbelievable opportunity to move to P-Town for the summer and help develop a show about a summer in Provincetown. I was like hired to go there. They got me an apartment. And all summer long, I was interviewing people and like documenting their lives and kind of following them around just... In their day to day lives, to work, whatever. I was there all summer long and I came back in September, came back to New York where I live. And since then, I've been just, you know, putting the show together with, you know, my small production team that I'm working with. And the show's coming out June 15th. Yes. Yay. So it's out now if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really exciting. I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) barf. I've been working on this for a year now. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it's so. so good. I mean, we have access to the episodes and it's everything I love in a podcast with the sound yes. effects with the with the documentarian on the street vibe, like people down the street calling your name as you approach them. Ugh, I just it's really well produced and I'm really excited for people to listen to it.
4: Thank you. We put a lot of like I mean, in the moment when we were recording, it was kind of like figuring it out as we were going along, but we just ended up with so much material and so much tape that like there were just so many really rich scenes and like funny things that happened. And I still don't think I fully captured like P-Town's quirkiness, (laughs) but, you know, I think I did a pretty like the best approximation possible without like actually being there. I'm pretty stoked with how it turned out and I'm really excited for people to listen to it.
3: Yeah. So you're there kind of looking at P-Town through a COVID lens, too. A little bit. a A little bit. Can you tell us how it had been impacted by COVID that summer? It was kind
4: of hard to say how much COVID impacted the town just because I didn't really have anything to compare it to. It was the first summer that I'd been there. But, you know, I think... What did happen was at the beginning of the summer in June, it was super busy. It was kind of like hot back summer. Like everyone's like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like as if gay men stopped partying to begin with, but (laughs) whatever. Uh, (laughs) Right. But, you know, like people were really excited and it was super busy. And then, you know, midway through July, it was like one of the first major COVID outbreaks post-vaccine. And then it was like, pretty dead for a couple of weeks and then things kind of picked back up a little bit but I don't think it fully recovered in the way that like by the time it was the end of August during Carnival Week um, which is supposed to be like one of the busiest weeks in P-Town I heard that it was not really quite that which was personally great for me because I was like oh thank god I can breathe (laughs) but this summer I don't know I've been seeing some photos of P-Town and it's looking very busy yeah so I'll be there in
2: at the end of July for Friend of the Pod just Rothschild's birthday and I'll be doing a comedy show there I'm excited to see how it compares to last year because last year was my first time in P-Town and I went First for Memorial Day weekend, which is, quote, baby, baby day dyke weekend. weekend. <laughs> and then and then there's women's weekend, which is in October. I'm like, why, why are lesbians relegated to the off season? Yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew. Why don't we get prime weather? Yeah, because my friends went this year and they had a great time. Last year, the weather was miserable. It was like 50 degrees and raining every day during Memorial Day. Like...
4: I mean, one thing I walked away from P-Town is like, it's like, why, why weeks? Why can't I come anytime I want? Why does it, <laughs> why does it have to be like this? Yeah. <laughs> Cause then yeah. it's like, satur- like, it's like, yeah, I don't actually want to be in P-Town, you know, mid July because it's like overrun with so many gay men that it's like hard to even exist yeah but like that would be the most ideal time for me to come with my schedule, so <laughs> like, right right like what why do I have to come when it's cold and I can't swim, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, are you joking? <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I, and, and I know, like, it's making it sound like we're complaining about P. Like, P-Town is a, a magical place, and, like, I love it, and obviously, like, I wanted to go back this year, and I feel like I'll be back many times in my life. I, I loved it so much that the weather was so shitty when I went Memorial Day weekend, and we booked our trip to come back that week. We're, we're like, we have to come back again. If we're having this much fun when the weather sucks, like, it'll be so nice.
4: It is a little kind of, like, it is kind of beautiful and magical a lot of the times but there are (laughs) like any place it's truly not perfect but you know like who I don't know it there's just so many like weird dynamics in town sometimes and I will probably be going back like for the rest of my life but there is a little bit of an edge to it you know like it's like how much fun can I actually have here? <laughs> like, okay, sorry to bring up something really random, but I was watching season two of Hacks and there's that scene. I don't know if you guys have seen. I am behind. I'm only one episode in, yeah. yeah. Anyways, there's this one episode where they're on a lesbian cruise. And I mean, I've never been to a lesbian party that's even remotely like this. It's truly fantasy. But I was like, you know, it'd be really nice if there was something like this in, in P-Town. Like, just like one, like lesbian party one time that was just like yeah. so lit, uh, like uh, all the lesbians have orgies, uh, like why can't we, why can't we, yeah. <laughs> like why not? Is, is it just that it's like cost prohibitive? Uh, I mean that's a good point that like I would say maybe the financials of women skew lower than like most of the men, like you know, P-Town is a really expensive place. And a lot of the men that go there are incredibly wealthy, Mm -hmm. like super, super wealthy. Like there was no way that I would have been able to afford my summer rental if the production company hadn't paid for it. Like there's just no way I would have been able to do that. Right. I think it's just uh basic uh maybe like oppression. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. I I think we need to create a program where uh rich gay men sponsor a lesbian or <laughs> bisexual or trans person, like just just as an act of like allyship within the community,
4: just making space for more of the
2: acronym, you know, I think
4: yeah. I mean, that's one thing I, in one of the episodes, episode four, that's kind of about this issue that we're talking about, like, where are the women? It's kind of about, you know, the episode is a little bit about, like, kind of the sex and the hedonism of town, which is one thing I really love about P-Town. Like, honestly, that's fucking amazing. But, like, I want that also for me and other, you know, queer people that go there that aren't Cis gay men, you know, like yeah. I wanna go to after party orgy, please. Why, why, like like <laughs> like why I have why that? Do the gay men, they have multiple
2: hotspots for fucking outside. And there's the just dick dock. The dick
4: doc and then there's there's like the dunes people hike and then the dunes where gay men fuck. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so the question, you know, kind of is just like where are The women and I'm just like, this is supposed to be like the gayest town on earth. There's like one party for lesbians that's once a week for three hours. Like, are you joking? Like, how is that even possible? And how did they let that happen? (laughs) 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 Yeah,
2: I mean, let's add another layer of mystery to this that none of this makes sense. Like, we met you at the club, which is owned by Leah Delaria, self-proclaimed. Claimed Lord of the lesbians. So we have Leah with her own Mm -hmm. nightclub. And people are like, well, that's your best bet for meeting other lesbians. And it's like, well, maybe you'll meet three. Like maybe on on a hot night at peak time. It was was the three of
4: us queer. Like what was... Well, let me tell you the history of that place. I believe that that venue... I need to, it's actually referenced in episode four. It either used to be Pied Bar or the Ace of Spades, which was like one of the longest lesbian like run places, maybe in the US or maybe just in P-Town. Again, I really have to look at my notes. I'm like so fried. And it recently in the last, I believe, few years was sold. Leah Delaria is one person that owns it. Yes, yes. She has like another business partner or two who are men, or one man, and it is by no means a lesbian bar. Like, right? She happens to be a lesbian who owns it, but it's not a lesbian bar.
2: But there should be some like trickle down there. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you you would think, but she she's performing there. Like we've seen her roll up with her pink suitcase, you know, butch walking
4: around Commercial Street, <laughs> heading to her gig. I mean. Like I just feel like women are pushed so far to the edges in P-Town that like everywhere you go, there's just going to be more men in the middle of the summer. And like there's truly I cannot think of a single thing you can do about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Unless yeah. you somehow like bring a bunch of women there, like maybe tens of thousands of them to somehow compete with the tens of thousands of gay men who are
3: there. Let's do it. <laughs>
4: yes. Let's organize.
3: Yes. Have you been to Fire Island?
4: I've been to Fire Island one time. I actually stayed in Sayville in an oh. Airbnb and we like took the ferry yeah. smart, over during the day. So I've never actually stayed on Fire Island, but it was also... It was 4th of July weekend because that's when my friend's birthday is. And every year they kind of like to go to Fire Island. And uh, I remember being like, this place would be perfect if there weren't so many gay men here. Exactly.
3: (laughs) Same things happening there. Even Cherry Grove, the supposed lesbian part of it, when I went for the first time last summer, was a lot of gay men. And where do we go? Yeah. Rehoboth? (laughs) Wait, okay.
4: (laughs) I've never been there. Okay. Me and Kristen were trying to figure out like where we can like form our like dike paradise like summer community. (laughs) And Rehoboth Beach was like for some reason on the table. Yeah. (laughs) You know,
2: yeah, somebody messaged me or Diking Out and was
4: like, Come to Rehoboth
3: Yeah, that was our
4: See, I'm just I'm getting the vibe that maybe Rehoboth is where it's at. I think we could afford it. How far of a drive is it? I think it's kind of far. It might be okay. it's like a little past DC, I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of tolls between mm. <laughs> so
3: we
4: can't. A win. lot of tolls
3: between
2: here and there. <laughs> but maybe maybe we'll try to make that happen. As of now, I have to like go to Florida for my massive dike parties and I feel like the Northeast there should be Spaces where we can thrive. Wait,
4: there are massive like like in Tampa Bay's. There are massive dike parties in Florida.
2: Apparently,
3: <laughs> yes, yes. Carolyn's been boots on the ground um, <laughs> for the last
2: year. Break, yeah, breaking my rule. Um, boots on the ground. Pandora events throws Girls in Wonderland, but it's like it's beyond just girls. That, like Miami has Aqua Girl. There's like this Pensacola Pride Beach thing that happens either at, I think at the end of may girls in wonderland is june girls in wonderland beach is october and it's just like thousands of queer women and like non-binary folks but like mostly women and it's amazing it's like that thing that you kind of wish p-town was you just have to go to florida for it Mm, i see but it we want it in the northeast
3: yeah Well, Northeast in general, especially New England, is always going to be so expensive. Gay, straight, whatever. Those vacation spots are super pricey.
2: Coveted. Okay, let's take a quick break here to talk about Ana Luisa Jewelry. They make quality jewelry at fair, affordable prices starting at $39 with new collections out every Friday. As a dyke who loves jewelry, I was pretty excited to learn about Ana Luisa. Not only do they have a lot of pieces that fit my style, but the quality truly is excellent for the price. And a patron just recently told me that as a Taurus moon, I like to have nice things. So it all makes perfect sense. Sense that I like this jewelry so much. Speaking of astrology, they have a zodiac collection of necklaces, and I'm constantly getting compliments on my Capricorn one, which has become a staple for me. Also, their products and packaging are carbon neutral, which we love to see. Go browse their site because we have a special promo for our listeners. Go to shop.analuisa.com/slash diking out and find something you love. Get 10% off your first purchase. Again, 10% off at Anna Luisa Jewelry. Head to shop. slash diking out. Okay, who's ready for a true story? When I entered my MFA program this fall, I knew I was going to have so little time for cooking, so I wanted a solution that would let me have tasty, healthy meals in a flash so that after class, I could still have time and energy to be gay. So I signed up for Factor, which ships you ready-to-eat meals that are chef-created and dietitian-approved. They're fresh, never frozen. So, all you have to do is stick them in the microwave for two minutes, and then they're nice and done. Um, the weekly menu has over 35 options. The salmon entrees are always my personal favorite, but they have um, a lot of things you can choose from options for different dietary needs like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. They also have add ons for when you don't need an entire meal. Um, I tried some. Good cookies and some jerky uh, no prep no mess and when I looked into it financially which was one of my main concerns it was actually less expensive than uh, takeout and honestly really close to the cost of buying ingredients at the grocery store down my block in New York City uh, and then I saved a lot of time so to me it was definitely worth it. Did I mention that the meals are also really delicious? Like I've yet to try one that I didn't like. So if that sounds good to you, I think you should give it a try too. Head to FactorMeals.com/dikingout50 and use code DikingOut50 to get fifty percent off. That's code DikingOut50 at FactorMeals.com/dikingout50 to get fifty percent off.
0: shopify.com slash realm
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) that's definitely not a problem Uh, Reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil
4: where did you grow up? so I'm Canadian by birth I was born in Vancouver (gasps) Wait, did we not? I don't think we talked about this. No.
2: I, I would have remembered, but I'm also Canadian by birth, Montreal.
3: Oh, I love that. There are Persians in Vancouver. I have a couple uncles
4: there. I bet you do. Yeah. I bet you do. Vancouver <laughs> is uh, really amazing for the, the Iranians. Mm-hmm. But I mostly grew up in Dallas, Texas, and then I went to university in Montreal. So,
2: Oh, which? McGill or Concordia. Concordia. My dad taught at Concordia. Wait, what did he teach? Marketing. Okay, definitely wouldn't know. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Everybody, everyone I meet who said they went to college in Montreal, they're all like, uh, McGill. And I'm like, oh yeah, no one's heard of Concordia. I know. But, so that makes me excited. Concordia pride. <laughs>
4: Thank you. I also feel, I have the Concordia pride even though no one's heard of it. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> I used to have a Concordia University sweatshirt and my first girlfriend took it from me and kept it. Bitch. Right? They're hard to come by. (laughs) That's like a collectible now. Right? If you're listening for some reason,
3: give it back. You say in the podcast that you had recently left the straight side of your bisexuality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how has the gay side been treating you? Where did you break from the straight side location, place in your life?
4: Yeah, okay, so I'll just start at the beginning.
3: <laughs> yeah. What's the, your journey?
4: When I got to Montreal in college, I was definitely like really vibing with like queer identity and like kind of knew that that's something that I yearned for. But it can be so hard to do do, you know, like you might not relate to this, but I've always just had this kind of internal struggle with like, I feel like there's no map in a queer life sometimes. Like you just kind of have to like make it up a little bit. Like when you're straight, it's like, these are the things you do. You like get a boyfriend, you get married, you know? Like it's just so simple and it's easy, you mm-hmm. know? And I've been like programmed and trained to to do that. And so out of kind of a sense of convenience, I did that for most of my 20s and into my 30s. Um, And I did date women here and there, but nothing super serious. But a few years ago, like 2019, I went through like a pretty profound breakup that has like altered me (laughs) since. But also I was just like, I am done with (laughs) dating men. Like I'm I'm not gonna do this anymore and like, You know, for me, attraction doesn't really have so much to do with like someone's physical body so much. Like I'm well, I don't know. I do like boobs anyways, but (laughs) (laughs) um, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's just it's not the most important thing to me. Like it's never I never felt a calling one way or the other. You know, it just for me, it's always felt really flexible and malleable. And I just made a decision after that breakup that I was, like, truly not going to seriously date men again. I mean, like, never say never, but, like, you know, I'm just yeah. I'm making a decision in my life that I'm centering, like, my queerness and my queer identity and, like... Well, it, it takes more effort, I feel, like,
2: if you're bi or pan to lean into your queerness because society
4: is set up for heteronormativity. Exactly. That's a, that's what I was trying to explain that you said it much more succinctly. <laughs> well, th- I mean that
2: that's just based on like so many conversations with friends of mine who are bi and pan and they're like I'm so sick of men. I'm so sick of men. I'm like okay, then, you know, you have this other option. And they're like, it's really hard. It's harder than you think. Like, not yeah. only is it like the internalized biphobia of it all and not necessarily like feeling at home in, in some queer spaces, but it's just like, it's so much easier to get dates with men to, to do all that. And then with women, we can be a little bit more difficult. Absolutely. I've had a lot of by women be like, I just, I don't know... I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm just second guessing everything all the time. I'm freaking out. People are freaking out on me. Yeah,
4: it can be a lot harder to sometimes decipher when someone's being friendly or when they're being flirty. Yeah. Or this has happened to me a couple of times where I'm like trying to like, like some woman in a bar is making eye contact with me over and over again. And so I try and talk to them thinking that they're like interested and they're like, they're just like so strange towards me. And I'm like, you've been literally staring at me the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's it's like, I thought we had an agreement (laughs) that meant something. Wow. Maybe you're Because when a cis guy's looking at you, it's go time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like uh it's just a little bit more nuanced. <laughs> Hard really. For sure. For sure. But I feel like the rewards are much greater, you know? Like I'd have to agree. Yeah, like <laughs> sometimes it's not even about like gay straight. It's just that I wanna live kind of a different life a little bit, you know, like I don't really want to get married and have kids. Like, I'm not interested in doing that. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not high on my priority list. And, that is honestly really scary you know it's like what the fuck's going to happen to me i'm going to die in this trash pile of new york city alone mm-hmm. all my friends one by one get married i'm still here sharing my apartment with my like 23 year old roommate who i love yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah but you'll get to travel I'll get to travel and I'll hopefully have a disposable income. and Yeah, to do so. <laughs> and like yeah. in an earlier draft of the show, uh, the very first episode, I was kind of framing that concept of like leaving my buy side, bye-bye by, behind. <laughs> um, I was kind of framing it with, I don't know if you've read Audrey Lorde's autobiography called Zami. Honestly, queer canon, a must. Okay. It is like this book that is so rooted in like pleasure a little bit. Just the way it's written is like, oh, drool. Love it. But also she like lives a thousand lives, you know, she's like, and then I, you know, worked upstate and I fell in love with this person. And then I went here and I fell in love with this person. I went here and I felt and like, that's kind of (laughs) what I want for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it it is this thing where, again, like, society conditions us a certain way. We had a whole episode about the, like, relationship escalator and just you know, this natural progression that we all get moved toward. But like, at the same time, the way that the the world is, and at least like in in this country, specifically, it's not really set up to support that, though. It's like, this is what you're supposed to do. But we're not going to give you the support system or the resources to be successful in this. So like, you know, having kids, Home ownership, like these things that that should fall into those traditional categories aren't accessible to a lot of people. If you live in like cities or anywhere with a high cost of living, which feels like almost everywhere
4: nowadays. Yeah, totally. Well, on that note. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Thanks. Like I'll go
2: jump off a bridge. No, uh, shouldn't. Well, I mean, speaking of places where it's hard to kind of find like a queer women community, I was recently in Montreal and I hadn't been back in maybe like 10 years or so. And I was struggling to find gay women. Like people directed me to one bar and I went there. What bar? It's an acronym. NDQ? Uh, NDQ. NDQ. Yeah. Yeah which felt more like a like a community center. I don't know, it was it was kind what? of a
4: weird a weird place. I would say that in my experience Montreal feels like more of a dyke town than it does like a gay man town, although there is the village, the village is pretty, which is pretty gay. It's like Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, it totally is. But yeah. there are a lot of like queer people in Montreal, but I think maybe like post COVID some of those like it's not nightlife yeah but there are like a lot of parties that are like queer parties but I think perhaps that some of those have kind of disintegrated a little bit okay yeah yeah because everybody
2: I was asking like the (laughs) like the four uh lesbians I know who still live there they're like "Mm, I guess maybe you could try NDQ.
4: I don't know that's a good starting place (laughs) yeah yeah I mean, I haven't lived there in a long time, so it's like hard to say. Um, sure, but I remember it being pretty robust. But you know, I haven't lived there in a decade. So, what's
3: the acronym for
4: Notre Dame de Key?
3: I believe. Um, yeah, not
4: that I know what that means. Um, so, <laughs> okay. Yeah,
2: I think it has to do with like the street it's on or something. Somebody from Montreal is gonna DM me and be like, "Shame on you!" Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what Chicago's kind of like too. Um, Andersonville's been, I'll say, gentrified by gay men. I don't know. Just uh, the lesbian yeah. neighborhood got pretty uh, cis gay.
4: Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that it was a lesbian neighborhood actually.
3: Oh uh, yeah. Well. Had, had a lot of firsts there. Um, <laughs> they, it, But it is the parties now, yeah. it seems, for a right. lot of Dyke culture. Like, we're losing yeah. the spaces, but it's like the slow-mo party in Chicago. Like, different rotating yeah. monthly parties.
4: <laughs> it kind of feels like in the way where, like, you don't own anything now like it's like we right. don't buy music we rent it we like everything is a rental now subscription yes everything's yeah. subscription-based
2: we're all subscription-based lesbians
4: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's just like slowly no one will have anything uh <laughs> and we're right just rotating from twenty dollar thirty dollar party to another yeah
2: the,
3: the red Bucks. we'll call ourselves that. <laughs> the
2: red Bucks. <Box. laughs> Going back to talking about P-Town, what were some of your favorite discoveries while you were there?
4: Wow. Well, okay. <laughs> Honestly, the first thing that came to mind is ketamine. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yay. Uh, so that was fun definitely gay guy culture the the influence it has yes impact it has yes totally
4: I made some really great friends like Kristen Becker who's in the show is kind of like I feel like a lifelong friend like I love Kristen I love solid her. So human. Yes. Solid, 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 solid human solid human and just like so easy to be around like honestly if it yeah. wasn't for her like she <laughs> I I needed her last summer and she was there <laughs> so yeah it was just really in a lot of ways really nice to be there life was just kind of easy simple you know when a town is so small and it only takes like five minutes to get anywhere. Yeah. You know, like think about like how much time we waste commuting, like trying to get somewhere. It's like, yeah. Oh. I also I found like many gorgeous rocks. Uh I like I mean I've always been a rock girl, but like Me too I really like I came back with like hashtag ammonite a okay. lot of rocks from the beach. There's just something about especially Herring Cove, which is one of the beaches there, the sand is kind of like thicker doesn't stick to you the way that like finer sand does and the rocks are all like really smoothed over and there's a bunch of rocks that are just like completely flat I love them I I don't know what
3: to say yeah (laughs) New England beaches are rocky I left with a collection of rocks just from like that one weekend I went yeah absolutely
4: what about food OK, I'll tell you what is good to eat in P-Town for sure. There's a Mexican place called Rosie's. It's probably the most affordable place to eat in town. Delicious. I, may, I didn't go there. Um, All right. went there. I also love this place called JD's. You can get like pizza, sushi, buffalo wings, french fries, <laughs> pasta. But honestly, more than one occasion, I had sushi and wings and it was pretty fucking good. Also, there's two really good Italian places. One is called Ciro and Sal's, and the other one is called Sal's. There's kind of a storied history of, like, the Sal from Ciro and Sal. They're the same Sal, but they, like, broke up and have, like, warring restaurants. That was a long time ago, though. (laughs) And Sal's is, like, on the beach, and so, like, they have tables on the beach, which also there's some drama around that. They're constantly being fined by the city for doing that. And um, as the tide comes in... The water might lap at your feet while you eat your spaghetti. (laughs) Cool. So it's like pretty idyllic. But I'm actually, I'm going to P-Town next week with some friends for a week, just a vacation. And they were like, we're going to eat so much seafood. And I'm like, "Uh, fun fact, um, there's uh, literally no fish in P-Town. Like, you know, the (laughs) seafood that you're eating at the restaurants there." More than likely is not from the Cape because it's been right. overfished. There's mostly only like clams, lobsters, like some shellfish yeah. left, oysters. Yeah. But other than that, like the fish that you eat in the fish store, I don't think comes from there. Dang. Yeah, I
2: mostly just eat lobster
3: and oysters, and actually, I had lobster roll. Yeah, at Sal's. Went there immediately when I got there.
4: You know, I went all summer. <laughs> all summer, no lobster roll. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's like one of my first things, though. That. That's also like my wife and I went to Maine once and we're like, we're going to go to Maine and we're just going to like eat lobster all the time. And then we got there and we're like, wait, why is it like just as or more expensive than in New York City to eat lobster in Maine? What the hell? You're paying for the Maine premium. I guess so. I guess I'm just going to keep getting my lobster rolls in Red Hook
4: and not go to Maine I don't think a lobster roll is like so amazing personally yeah. so I'm not I'm like oh $25 sandwich yeah. sign me up like no <laughs> I'm not doing that It is probably my favorite sandwich is a lobster roll Well in that case I'm really happy for you <laughs> to eat their
2: own yeah
3: <laughs> must sees in P Town versus must eats what okay. should our listeners need to know when they visit
4: Yeah. Okay. I mean, honestly, some of the best things P-Town has to offer are like nature, you know, amazing swim spots, you know, really nice hikes. Some things that are kind of just outside of P-Town, there are all these like kettle ponds that are kind of like fill, they're like leftover from like glaciers receding. And there are these like weird, like super clear, ponds all on the Cape, like kind of like Wellfleet area. Um, You kind of need maybe a car with a slight lift, not a Volkswagen Jetta to get out there. Mm -hmm. And it's like really fantastic swimming it's you know like it's just something you're not in an environment that looks like that very often and it's really really interesting also like the tides in p-town are really dramatic and very during high tide certain areas fill in with water and you can like swim there kind of in these like natural pools i guess you could call them and there's, like, natural land barriers, so there, like, aren't any sharks, which is, like, kind of a thing right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, my wife freaked me out about the sharks. She got, like, a shark tracking app, and I just wanted to go paddleboarding, and then she's like, I'm not going paddleboarding sharks. And I'm
4: like, I I think you can go paddleboarding. Right? I don't know. It depends where, I guess. I don't know. I'm, yeah. like, also scared of sharks, but, like, that didn't stop me from going in the water. Brave brave uh yeah like hiking out to boy beach which is the gay nude beach yeah you know a must do uh Mm -hmm. the hike is about a mile out there it's honestly like maybe the gayest thing you could do there because there's nothing gayer than like hiking a mile to a shitty beach just so you can be away from straight people like you right
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like the Reese Beach schlep, like just keep going just all the way down. Keep going
4: (laughs) to the back all the way. Uh, Yeah. You know, Okay, hop over all those shards of glass. Yes. Uh, Don't worry about it. Uh, Keep going. Just keep going. Yeah.
3: (laughs) You want to be as far away from the amenities as possible.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um I feel like lesbians love whales there's tons of whales if you want to see a whale I would definitely go whale watching yeah I feel like I know one dyke who just is like obsessed with whales and so I'm like Dykes love whales, obviously. <laughs>
3: Dykes love seals. We saw seals. The seals are right? cute. Right?
4: Yeah, you you can see a lot of seals. Oh, you must take Topless Tours. Topless Tours. Kristen, yes. who's in the show? Uh, she has a dune tour company called Topless Tours, and it's honestly
3: totally fucking worth it. It is beautiful, we did it. and yeah. she's yeah. so generous and knowledgeable, and just the the facts living in her head that she can get out all in that.
4: Yeah. Tour. She tells
3: she tells a good
4: story of yeah. like the sand dunes and the ecology and like the history all kind of woven together and you're like on the Jeep on these sand trails and it's really, really
3: cool. And she'll take your picture. And she'll take incredible pictures of you. Yes.
4: <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good hikes around P Town that are some really easy. Uh I would just say bring bug spray. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. That's my one <laughs> advice. Bug spray.
2: <laughs> you mentioned hiking a mile to get away from straight people. Now, tragically, straight people are allowed in P-Town.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you spot them. Mm-hmm. With their kids. I was one of those kids. I have um, vague memories of my parents taking me there. And now as an adult, I'm like, why'd they do that? Like, <laughs> Well,
4: I mean, it is just kind of like a kooky beach town. It's not entirely gay, although that's kind of like one major aspect of town but you know for people who live in new england like people vacation on the cape and that's just where they go in the summer yeah yeah you know it's like totally normal and like in a a lot of ways that's kind of amazing to like bring your kids to this like gay town but like kids don't even know what they're i don't know what's going on
3: no all i remember (laughs) was that like army surplus store what is it
4: oh marine specialties I love it. marine specialties
3: like that is the only thing I remember from being there as a kid and I loved it I probably saw so many speedos and nudity but I I, it didn't stick
4: yeah because you're a kid why would it yeah oh okay a store that I love is called the shell shop okay yes must go to the shell shop Of course. The first time I walked in, I was like, what's the big deal? Shells, no problem. Okay, I (laughs) get it. But then I started looking around. I'm just like, damn, there's a lot of shells in here. All kinds of shells. Shells I never even thought could exist. I'm like, whoa, look at this one. It's so pink. Oh, yellow, polka dots, stripes. Ah, like any shape you could possibly imagine. Shells. Move over rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Move over rocks. Yes. (laughs)
2: Oh, man. Also, there's a big like art scene there's like a lot of galleries there like last time I went we took a a day to just do the the galleries and do a little art walk and it was so nice
4: yeah what'd you think
2: I liked it I saw some good I saw some stuff that that I definitely was like oh I wish I could be a person that could afford art (laughs)
4: like (laughs) what do you think Mitra okay (laughs) Honestly, after being in P-Town all summer long, I was like, if I see one more picture of a dick, I'm going to fucking kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like I missed that, but maybe I just don't
2: see them. You don't. <laughs> like, honestly, I, I don't recognize them. I've never.
4: <laughs> I went on a gallery walk with a friend that I made in town, um, you know, like a kind of like their like opening night, like Fridays. Uh, it's like when people have, like wine, whatever, you can come look at the art. And I was just like, ah, another picture of the male form. Ah, another picture of the male form. Like, it was like 75% male form in some variety, whether that be like actual dicks or just like men. And How was that not my experience at all? Unless I like blocked it out. (laughs) I think you might not notice it if it's not pointed out to you because you're just like, ah, art, whatever. But (laughs) there is some art that I really did like while I was there. But um, yeah, mostly I was just like wow, everything in this town must be adorned with dicks. Incredible. And when I, okay, I went back to town in December to do follow up interviews. And I met up with one of uh, the people I interviewed Sonny, who's heavily featured in the show. And he was staying in this place that was like, maybe the gayest house that this probably isn't even the gayest house in P Town. But, like, one of the first things I noticed that there were like pictures of dicks all over the walls. And apparently, the dicks of the homeowners, they're like portraits. Also, there was like in every room of the house, there was like a picture of the dog that lived there. And there's a store in P Town called Who's That Doggy in That Window? And I'm, <laughs> which yes. I find like very funny. It'll like put a picture of your dog on anything yes. or your pet, any pet then I you know fast forward six months and I'm in this house and I'm like ah coaster with the dog painting pillow <laughs> like you know what I mean and then just like dicks 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 dicks, dicks, dicks. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> yeah we saw dicks Carolyn where's what's that like um kind of art alley are there it
2: dicks in like- that alley it was like Alice in Wonderland stuff. See, that's all I remember. I think I just had like a
4: block. <laughs> yeah, I know I, what, Ali, you're talking about, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You just don't see it. There, there's just like, so, yeah, something like in my brain where like I, I don't recognize it. Um, well, uh, on that note, we need to wrap up. But we
4: have
2: one last question for
4: you. Sure. Do you have any gossip to share with us? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love gossip. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna give you just a tiny nugget of P-Town gossip. This is something that had P-Town in its freaking grips at the beginning of the season, okay? So Commercial Street uh, has this like bend in it. It kind of turns. Yes. As like kind of with the natural shoreline or something. Mm -hmm. And at the bend, there are these like two benches or one bench that was there. And it's like prime people watching spot. It is like, For it being kind of like not a place where there are tons of businesses around, it is a popping location of all walks of life. And P-Town has very good people watching to offer in general. So it's a good spot. And at the beginning of the summer, benches gone, taken out. And people were upset. There's a Facebook group, the community space. The rumor was that like the gays who own the house were like tired of people like sitting on their benches and they like took the bench out. But then huh. I got a report from Kristen last week. Benches are back, baby. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the benches are back. So oh, God. love some hot
3: bench gossip. <laughs> a win
4: for the people of P town. Um,
3: absolutely, that's great. You need to people, you need a bench there. Yeah.
4: Oh.
2: Lastly, I do need to thank you because you saved the Rosie O'Donnell interview for me by tipping me off to that great co-working space ah. in P-Town that was amazing. What What is it called? It's again? called The Commons. The Commons. Yeah. If anybody's in P-Town and you still have to like work your job because we were staying in, in Truro and had horrid Wi-Fi and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to... Do this interview that I've been wanting my whole life, and I went to the Commons, and it was a perfect spot to do it. And they were so friendly, and it's such a great spot. Can
4: you like pay by the day, or what's the deal? Yeah, yeah, they let me just buy a a pass for the day.
3: Oh, amazing! And,
2: and it was affordable and a great, yeah, a great space. Awesome, That's legit
3: that little sound booth you were in.
2: Yeah, yeah. They had actress Lily Taylor, I believe, was there recording a audio book or something like that in that booth too. So, you know, you might see celebs. Who mm. knows? You might
4: see some celebs in P-Town.
2: Yeah. Oh, did you see any celebs?
4: Yes. Uh, okay, I did see Leah Delaria in line at the grocery store. She was standing right in front of me and she, like, said some line chit-chat. Dumber, like, kind of like... <laughs> That's a lot of peaches. I don't know, something like
2: that.
4: (laughs) I thought it was going to be like, you down to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish. Um, Let's see. I actually, I have like slight celebrity blindness, but uh, I did see John Waters. He's everywhere. And I also... I don't know if you guys know the guy who plays the gay man on White Lotus. Yes. I'm trying to think of his his name? name. I saw I I hung out with him. Murray Bennett. Yes. Yes, Murray. Oh, and then okay, this is gossip. There's this guy who I met on Boy Beach who like introduced himself as like being on Law and Order. But I like truly don't recognize him. Couldn't tell you his name. But uh, he's on Law and & Order, and he will let you know.
2: And he
3: didn't just play a random dead like body. Like
2: regular or just one time like a Broadway credit. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Yes. Thank where you. should people go to listen to your podcast? The show is called Welcome to Provincetown. It's out now. Please download, listen to it, subscribe. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, you should be able to find it.
3: No problem. You can slide into our DMs <laughs> at Diking Out on Instagram. Yeah. Yes. You can follow me at TGI Carolyn. I'm at Melody Kamali. it has
2: been so fun reconnecting. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next Tuesday. Remember to check out our new sponsor at shop.analuisa.com slash checking out for 10% off your purchase. We have a link in the show notes.
1: What does feminism mean to you?